What up, everyone? This is Buzz County Critical. This is Joy Payne, also known as Chris, and I'm here with my friends. This is Beto. This is Milo. And this is Brian. In other words, Tiny. Oh, oh, so, <laughs> um, so today, oh, yeah. guys, so I, I took today or last week, I chose the movie, and it was one of my very QT movie, which is a uh, Django, which I'm pretty excited to talk about. Django, Django. You always been alone. Do you actually remember the lyrics? Yeah, I was listening <laughs> to it all day yesterday at work. It was catchy. <laughs> I mean, it is catchy, but I never thought to like listen to the original soundtrack. But it's because like I was. Uh, I, I, it would be cool to have started with it, but that's like really like really cheesy. No, no, that's really copyright. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but before I actually get into the movie, I just want to get into what we're drinking right now, because as always, we're always sipping on something different each week. And this comes to our non-sponsors. <laughs> Absolutely. But <laughs> if Firestone Walker, also the creators of 805, would like to sponsor us, we just want to say that right now we're drinking their Cali Squeeze Hefeweizen Varieties. We're all drinking Ooh, different flavors. It comes spicy. with mango, blood orange, and passion fruit, orange, and guava. I'm actually a really big fan. Uh, so far, I really enjoyed the stout that you brought, and then I'm enjoying this. I did not enjoy the last drink you brought on the what, last what you episode. Oh, the cut waters? No, I didn't enjoy no, it either. I, I, was, I actually mm. was I enjoyed it. I, like, it's I, a, it. Like, I got drunk. I got. I got. I got buzz. I got a little spicy. That's what it is. I, I think I just didn't like the flavors. Like I didn't like either or. To be quite honest, like that was my one. They were just really heavy. Uh, I think overall at the end. Um, it was strong in the alcohol. Like you just taste it. It was prominent. That's why I was like, you know, eh. But um, let's continue on the movie. We can save it for the alcoholics podcast. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that, that, right. that's for the Patreon. <laughs> but, um, yes, today we're actually talking about Django Unchained, continuing with the Quentin Tarantino cycle of movies we're talking about. Um, it came out in 2012, once again, directed by QT. Um, well, before we actually get into the whole gist of the movie, Chris, why did you pick this movie? Why did you, why do you, what's, um, what do you like about this most? So, I think... It kind of dates back to what we're dates back. It kind of goes back to what we're talking about. The idea of like, I don't okay, I don't remember if we did talk about this while recording, but it's the idea like you know how people get into QT movies at a different time of their life, and some people like you know like, uh, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill. I think I did watch Inglorious Bastard as a kid, but like obviously didn't register it as well. But as a teenager, I saw Django and I actually enjoyed it a lot, and I think that's what made me get into QT. So it's just one of the first movies that like, not the first movie I watched by him, but one of the first movies I thoroughly enjoyed through and throughout. So yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a really good movie. Amazing movie. Yeah, I, I, I hands down is a really good movie. As far as for like, obviously like, as much as we wanted it to be something where, you know, in the history books and shit, but you know, as far as for the dilemma of like, a really good storytelling of a couple facing these situations of how back then and uh, how they fucking overcome it for some friends lost you know but um, the love's still there full it, force it, it definitely um, I think Be- as Beto was telling us last week you know QT kind of goes onto the whole revenge porn pretty heavily and I feel like this is one of the heaviest ones I think because I mean you have a a now freed slave because well and we'll get into the characters right now but 
a freed slave who's just trying to get his wife back, you know, and, you know, they try to run away and they got caught and they were separated. And I mean, and we might as well get into the basis of the movie right now. Uh, with the help of a German bounty hunter, a freed slave sets out to rescue his wife from a brutal plantation owner in Mississippi. And big disclaimer, this movie is and is really, 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 really verbal. So we'll try to keep it as PG-13 as possible and uh, in some wording of a case, of, of course, only just due to respects. But nevertheless, is a good history and teaching of how back then it was and very, 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 very disgusting. So, And I would like to add the disclaimer. The, this is, a, you know, a huge issue. A lot of people have with Clinton Tarantino movies is that while he makes revenge porns movies, he does kind of profit of the issues of minorities. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the issues and the good things that this movie has. So exactly. while we acknowledge that this movie could be problematic for a lot of people, um, we acknowledge that, but we can still talk about our love and hate for this movie regardless of it. Exactly. So if you hear us misquoting something, it's not that we misquote it, it's just you know, it's, out of it's respect. It's out of respect to yeah. not use the vernacular used in the movie. Look, more of the point is we're trying, trying to get canceled over you guys, all right? <laughs> but anyways, Milo, continue. So yeah, so um, as always, QT always has really star-studded cast, but I feel like there's t- there's so many characters in this movie. We're going to just try to stick to, like, the main characters. So our main character, our hero, we have Jamie Foxx's Django Freeman. Fucking awesome role in that movie. Dude. I think that is, like, the only movie that I'm always going to be like, dude, he fucking, he fucking beat that shit up, dude. That fucking role was amazing. That guy fucks. He that killed it. Fucks. And, you know, um, I think we were talking about it. They almost got a... Or I guess they had asked Will Smith to do that part initially. I wouldn't think he would. I mean, I, I'm glad they did he's it. Dope, but I agree. I don't think he would be be in that type of role. There's just something about Jamie Foxx. He's like, uh, he's. I, I'm not too sure at the top of my head what other movies he's made, but he definitely fits into Let those look that up. those serious roles with the light comedy or the unintentional comedy pretty well. Yeah, I mean Jamie Foxx is known as like being like. I mean, the Jamie Foxx show, I don't know if you guys ever saw that show, but that show was fucking hilarious. Back yeah, in like I the, that. I think, 80, late 80s, was, early 90s. He was Ray. What? Ray. Oh, yeah. He played Ray Charles. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. What the fuck? He won, I mean, he to won be an, fair, a, I was a kid. He won, an, uh, he won an Oscar for that, actually, for his portrayal of him. Dude, he was in Spider-Man. How can I forget? Yeah. He was Electro. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that, <laughs> was, that was more of his comedy side. But uh, going forward, I mean, we can agree, like... Will Smith could have not done the same job. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I'm like, <laughs> right now that you guys are mentioning it, I'm like trying to picture Will Smith. Come on, I am legend, those... dude. I am legend. Yeah, well, that's That different. was such it, an that amazing That was a movie. fucking good movie. It was an amazing <laughs> he's movie. He's going to say, he's going to tell uh, Candy, keep your wife's name out my fucking, <laughs> or your fucking mouth. <laughs> hey, you know what? It might work. <laughs> we see how you know aggressive what? Never it can mind. be. <laughs> Maybe he was a good choice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have Django Freeman, a freed slave on a mission to rescue his enslaved wife, Broomhilda. Um, we have Christoph Waltz, you know, uh, 
we just talked about him last week and a completely the, different different role cow, the cowboy that turned into a jew hunter <laughs> Man. uh we have him playing dr king schultz dentist turned bounty hunter who crosses frees and helps Django on his mission leonardo dicaprio as monsieur calvin j candy owner of the slave plantation known as candyland and one of the main antagonists of Django and dr king yes Carrie Washington as Broomhilda Von Schaaf, Django's wife who has been sold separately from Django for attempting to run away. And lastly, Samuel L. Jackson as Stephen, Calvin's right-hand man. Or, or you mean, uh, yeah, that part. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever got, uh, I feel like maybe Brian has seen uh, The Boondocks. Or do you guys yeah, I, I think we all seen it here. Yeah, I think we did. He he's basically playing uh, Uncle Ruckus's part. Dude, yeah. Uncle Ruckus. That, that's oh that's my how it is. God. Or like, uh, there's an actual phrase for it, um, Uncle Tom. But I mean, you could. That's up for you guys to look it up on your own time. I, I, this is for someone here. No, I think I think the they the, it was a uh, Cotton Eye Joe. I I'm not too sure. I I'm just, not too sure about that. I, I just know uh, the Uncle Ruckus comparison. Yeah, best best way to put it is Uncle Rock is. Oh, I mean to put it in short terms, not like the exact like definition, but an Uncle Tom is a person who hates like their own race, basically. Oh, it's like a self-hating. Yeah, a self-hating. Those uh, are black yeah. those are what we call the ones that uh, vote for Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, <laughs> continuing. Um, anyways, uh, as far as for the movie, we start off as, you know. Django. Good clips of how the beginning of the movie showing them traveling to different places. Um, what, I, what I like is him building up the confidence too from like the beginning. Like he wasn't too sure about a lot of things. And then like oh, Dr. Dude, Django. Dude, yeah, the then Dr. He's Schwartz was... He's seen red. Like we don't know the, the, the main story of like what had happened before. But you could tell like something's up like him being pissed off and being so like concerned. And you could tell like the rest of the people like you know he's the main character the rest of the other people are all scared nervous but he's he keeps a straight face dude and, and that, actually, that actually leads us to the first scene i mean this movie wastes no time in getting into the action so we have the introduction of dr king schultz just kind of going into the with the speck brothers yeah and he kind of that's where he gets uh django because he's trying to find out the the brittle brothers because they're, they're on a bounty by the way, can we talk about introductions of characters? Cutie continues to introduce his characters in an amazing way. When we first see Schultz, we see it through the perspective of Django. Yeah. And he comes in so and he like obliterates his perspective of reality. Who the fuck is this guy? Dude. He liberates him, and not only that, he shoots a sheriff in the next scene and gets away with it. <laughs> it's someone that makes him believe that him rescuing his wife and him living a free life is not only possible, but inevitable. Yeah, exactly. What an introduction to a character. It, how it long is. was it before the Civil War? It wasn't too long, right? It said two years. Yeah, two years before Civil War, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, just, I mean, second second episode in a row where we actually have Christoph Waltz being the first, like, 
person being interdicted but compared like in contrast to the last scene we have him just kind of i mean I, I i barely saw this movie I, this is the third time i've seen it now barely this year but prior to this i didn't know what to expect of him from this movie and just the way you have this like uh as i say throughout the movie a, lot, a silver tongue devil just coming in just talking his way through it and then even the spec brothers are like like speak english and it's just so funny because it's like um you you just don't know what to expect from this guy going and like you he had his little fucking tooth on the top of his wagon <laughs> like wagging around i love i love how very um when uh when he introduces himself he like introduces his horse as well fritz i think his name like was fritz. very very yeah very greeting and it goes <laughs> oh what what I like about Chris Watts' character is it's very similar to Hans, but like you just reverse the world. Yeah, yeah, he's, like he's, he's, he's on the good side. Yeah, like in <laughs> Glorious Bastard, which uh, if you guys haven't watched that episode, we released it two weeks ago, so you guys should check it out. Inglorious Bastard, and they're very um very similar. It just the the um just the way they talk, they have a way with their words. No, yeah, most definitely. Like he had a silver tongue when he was playing as Hans. It, it was Hans, right? Yeah, Hans. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah, when he was playing Hans, it was very similar, but just the roles were different. You know, like this time he's on a, a the receiving end of trying to be good. And I actually have a question that brings me to one question. Um, I know he gives Django his freedom. However, he is also a bounty hunter, killing people for things that they've done wrong, but based on what you've seen and what you believe to be good do you guys think dr king schultz is a good person overall i think that is a great question i think he's an empathetic person i think he is a person who believes himself to be good but i think another question that we have to raise is that he's actually also a beneficiary of slavery well he said it himself in yeah. the movie yeah yeah, yeah. He, yeah he basically but like he, he as much like I, what i think is um he, he he morally he knows what's right and wrong in a movie but like he knew that like if Django didn't help him he had to use the leverage that he had and it's true and it's also um he even kind of hesitated to say like i mean I hate to be the, like like Beto said, the beneficiary of like slavery, but like, would you like to help me like bounty hunt, you know? And um, it's just kind of similar to, uh, I guess just like uh, similar, it's just kind of similar like to the Hans Zana character where. At the very end. <laughs> at the very end, you know, he uses it to his advantage, you know, you know, there, there's parallels with it, but. Same. I think, you know, a lot of cutie movies don't really have a lot of character development. And I think in this movie is one of the only times we can actually see um, Christoph have at least a bit of it. Uh, the way I see it, how he introduces his horses is just how he introduces Django when he goes to the plantations. He That's sees true. him as nothing more as his property. Even though he realizes it's wrong, you know, Django never really had the option to work with him. Django was kind of forced to it, right? 
And I well, think well, he had no choice, but also it wasn't really much of a choice. It was kind of more of an obvious answer because he was, you know, helping him out and then still giving him the title of a free man. Okay, and, and I will put it this way: if your decisions is being a slave or you know helping this guy kill a bunch of people for your freedom, that's not much of a choice. I will choose to kill these people most of the time well and i, I mean think, considering back then you didn't really much have a yeah, choice yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and that's how what i am saying that um um christoph is a beneficiary of slavery if it wasn't because of slavery Django might not have helped them do the things that he did and exactly. i think and i think the turning point the point in which i think hans and to answer your question becomes a good person not just what hans is a dr schultz becomes ultimately uh maybe not a good person but he redeems himself is he went is when he doesn't want to do um deals with leonardo leonardo capo anymore when he because we question ourselves like it's just a handshake, bro. Like, why Why don't you want to give this guy a handshake? We'll, right? we'll, we'll get to that scene. Okay, we'll fair, get fair to enough, that scene. I, I think that's the point when he redeems himself. When he now... Um, kind of goes back on the deal that he initially made. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you could tell easily throughout the chapters, like, you know, he starts to reconsider and be like, damn, dude, this is I, fucked up. You I'll, know? I'm, not, I'm just going to touch up on that scene. It felt more like what like Candy said, like he he got the best of him. He he just got the best of him, and he didn't like that because like throughout the movie, he always had the upper hand. When when he when he killed the sheriff in the first city because he was a wanton man, he he was like, oh don't worry about it, I got this. Like stay inside, you know this and that. He and won. he was within the boundaries of his duty as a bounty hunter. Yeah, so he knew then, what he could do. And then, then when he was in Candyland, it was just kind of like once um. Even that motherfucker uh, rats him out. It's just kind of like, oh wow, like you know, like what can we do from here? Yeah. But um, let's continue. Yes. Um, so actually, the next one, which was what uh, you kind of alluded to right now, it's Django and Doctor King entering the town back to back, killing the first bounty that we see. So we have Django and King entering this the town. And everyone was just kind of staring at them. And while... Whoa, 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 whoa. We're still forgetting about that beginning part. I mean, the, begin the beginning part of how Django and him met. All right. You know, right. Like you know, you know the, the, the thing is in, in this, you know, we're going to run it by quick. Um, you know, him coming in from a distance. Asking specifically about the Brittle Brothers. From the Kurukan like, plantation, yeah, the Kurukan plantation, and you gotta you gotta wonder like how the fuck did he get this type of information, knowing that he was gonna see people coming out from that location. I mean, it's kind of it kind of parallels his character in Inglorious, where he's like a detective. You know, he's just kind of like sniffing out leads. He's a he's a bounty hunter. He's a bounty hunter. He, he has his job. He's a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's part of the introduction where, like, whether, while you questioned it, I didn't. Uh, what Cutie made me feel about Dr. Schultz is like, man, this is that guy. He, like, 
finds the means this to get what he fucks. wants. He no, this fucks. Guy fucks. And he this fucks, fucks a lot. <laughs> and, um, you know, he uh, specifically asks, you know, you know, are they, do you know anybody from the Brittle Brothers? You know, do you happen to know, like, if uh, any of these, uh, you know, people that they're, that they're bringing over here are being auctioned? And, um, he, he as far lets himself decide and just look around like it's, you know, it's a market when they haven't even said that they're for sale. Or like the, the more they <laughs> talk, they say like, no, well, they're not for sale because like they're more confused by the fact that he's speaking such well English. And the fact and is treating them like humans, too, as well. Exactly. Like they, got, yeah. they got really mad. They, they got super upsetty spaghetti. spaghetti. And then for that, they got recti. But Wrecked. out of the blue, Django lifts up his hand high in the air. I'm from the Karukan plantation. And then with <laughs> the swift distance, he just stares to the right. Just that scene where he like gets rid of like the like the the little cloth. The or cloth like the, that he's wearing yeah. and you see his the reveal, you know, you see his back is waved. But then you also see a really ripped Jamie Foxx walking right. really That's confidently, right. you know? Yeah. It, and in a way, you know, as I know Beto said, there wasn't too much character development, but we do see Django gain his confidence a lot. Yeah. And he kind of adopts Dr. King Schultz's way of talking, having another... He has his own silver tongue that he develops throughout the movie. And yeah, then, no, yeah, and then he, when in a scene later on, you know, he talks his way out of something, just as Dr. King Schultz would. He, he learned a lot from Dr. Schwartz. Like, throughout the movie, it's just like everything that he knew, he taught Django. That's his mentor right there. Yeah. And, and like, in a way. Well, I, I will disagree in here. I think this um, movie walks the line very well about the white savior movie kind of complex, right? Ooh, okay. True. No, I agree. Yeah, 100%. I, I think the lack of character development in Jamie Foxx's characters is done purposefully. I think Jamie Foxx could have always done the things that he did with no practice, but uh, Dr. Schultz just enabled it. And I think uh, a smart thing, or maybe it happened by accident, the fact that Jamie Foxx didn't have much character development in this movie actually helps the movie because it makes me feel like Django could have done this the whole time, you know, and it, it, it wasn't only because of Dr. Schultz. Uh, so That's I a very good point. And uh, we'll actually kind of get to that in a later scene. But go ahead, Chris. I, I think it's just like he like like Beto said, he uh he was liberated and he had the, uh, the opportunity to do what he could have done. Because like I said, I think the scene you're going to bring up is when he was shooting the cans, right? Or the bottles. And he's like, oh, well, you're well, well, he's that, a that's, prodigy. That's still the later later one. Okay, we'll, we'll, know, we'll get to that later. We'll, try to, we'll try to build ourselves into it. It's a lot. It's There's so the, many the good scenes long. in this movie. Yeah, this movie's really the, long. This movie's so. really long, but we could easily, you know, Pinch by pinch, get into the good ones. Okay. All right. away at it. But as I was saying earlier, uh, the next one we have Dr. King and Django entering the town, you know, uh, back to back killing the first bounty. So we have Django and Dr. King Schultz on his wagon walking in and everyone's just kind of staring at Django because he's on a horse. And Dr. King is completely oblivious to the fact he even says like, or he's like, why are they, why are they staring? 
and it and, you know kind of leads you to like kind of what like Beto was saying earlier it's like he does use Beto at his beneficiary as like and, and like what's in regards to slavery but he's like really oblivious to the fact of like what how they're really seen as what wasn't he an actual dentist and he said the reason why he stopped being a dentist is because it wasn't making money so he became a bounty hunter yep yep yeah yeah i thought that was a little funny fact those are the first traveling dentists back in the day apparently yeah, you man. know the more i talk about this movie the more i start to like it because i start notice things like that you know it kind of shows how schultz is very ignorant of the world that Django lives in i mean and, um being completely fair it's still like that to this day it's in some very, cases it, yeah yeah you know we still see stuff like that and i think that's what maybe cutie's trying to say you know that um people who are ignorant of the racism and the hardships of this world are beneficiaries of that world while schultz you know was, was completely he, oblivious to the fact yeah he was still using Django uh for his own um benefit. but you gotta admire how strong in that role Django even though as like he should be nervous of the amount of people that are in that area he still stayed strong on that fucking horse and then just fucking still riding down to the fucking saloon like a fucking boss bro like all yeah, the eyes yeah. can you imagine look all the eyes everybody in that in everybody in that town has a gun and anybody could have uh, unwillingly would have just fucking pull out their gun and shot him down and shoot him down I, and, but and he still fucking rode through that yeah and i think that shows how um strong jamie fox's character was from the very beginning you know confident mm-hmm. strong mm-hmm. and ready to fucking risk it all you know Schultz was the guy that fucks a lot, but Django, <laughs> Django fucks even more. Fucks even Jango, harder. Django fucks. My, look at all. All I'm saying, my boy gave his life for them. I think he fucks very oh, hard. Oh, he did. You know, yeah, that's that part sad. Hard. That part sad. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get. We'll get to that. And continue. you know, going going to the saloon and uh, bro. Oh well, actually, before that, um, I just wanted to say uh. So obviously all the people in the town are completely like racist just as or well besides <laughs> that are just as or if not as oblivious to the fact but in the opposite way they're like i can't believe a black person is on a horse and that's their reason to be shocked but you have dr king shelter like why are they staring at him so you have you, you, you just right there you see the whole contrast of the two worlds that we're looking at yep but yes we get into the saloon um, they're pouring that mighty looking beer. Well, that- first of all, th- they get their first encounter of the owner of the saloon. Oh, yes. And <laughs> really, really strong words are used in that in, in that scene, um, you know, but it's all part of the plan because a do- uh, Dr. Schultz, he he knows that, that, that or I assume that bar is not open until later on. So... What are the best ways to go to the saloon, grab a drink where there's going to be no people in there? Walk in with Django. Walk in with Django when obviously people of his color is not, you know, allowed there. And once again, going back to what Beto said, and we're going to probably keep bringing it up, you know, he uses Django as that, like, as like as his slave as to get bait. what he needs <laughs> as a bait, in other words. So 
Obviously, of course, the owner's upset. But specifically, Dr. Schultz asked him, bring the sheriff, which is the first bounty. Bring the sheriff, not the marshal. Not the marshal. (laughs) (laughs) Which was really smart by him. And uh, yeah, but then he offers, and I don't know if Django had ever had beer, but I feel like that was his first time. No, no, he had not had beer before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was assuming too. And that beer on tap, I'm just saying. The way he he flicks the top off with the wood. Let's just take a a little segue real quick. (laughs) How good do you think the beer was? Oh, that shit was amazing. You think it was good? Yeah. I think it's probably dog shit. I'm real with you. (laughs) I I, I mean, they make it look good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, it looked really good. I don't know, man. Was I, was beer back then dog shit? When was beer? When was, <laughs> was beer created? Uh, it was created like come on, like okay. Apparently, it was created in four thousand BCE. Oh, so, dude, I remember that was there. So, <laughs> so it had to have been not bad uh, for the time compared to how it is now. Well, if it was in Skyrim, which that takes place. <laughs> Look, what I think this scene does very well once again is introducing not only Django but Dr. Schultz as a man of planning because um, the moment he shows up to this city to explain to Django who he is um, he's also there knowing that the sheriff is someone worth a bounty and I think uh, what does a lot of carrying this scene is the lines of bring the sheriff not the marshal showing that Schultz had every every point in this place planned that um not only through killing the sheriff and getting away with it he could sell Django more on his plan but also use Django to make more money you, you got to remember that Django was there initially for the Bigger Brothers but I felt like the idea was it was along the way so might as well uh he didn't my idea is he knew where the sheriff was at forgot his name they said it but he knew where he was at, but at the same time, he knew there was a, a trader, traders for slaves along the way that he could stop by and get more information about the Brittle Brothers. Well, actually, he when he had said at the in the introduction, uh, the introduction scene, he had said that he had an idea of what area they were in, but he had to go through all the plantations. So that might have been just like the first destination, like on the way to the first plantation, which is, well, we'll get into it right now, but which is uh, the introduction of Big Daddy and then <laughs> killing the Brittle Brothers. That, 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 that's a good scene. I love dude, it because... There's too many good scenes in this movie, dude. But that one's really good because that's, like, you see, you know, obviously after the saloon, you know, that whole situation of... Um, I, forgot, I forgot the sheriff's name. Something Bill. I, I forget. I'll look it up. Uh, but, Bill... Um, Something with the G. I, I completely forgot. But, um, you know, he... They kill him, obviously. You know, oh, no, the, wait, that the sheriff? Me. Yeah, the sheriff. The sheriff. I forgot his name. But, anyways. Shoots him with the little <laughs> little prostitute gun under the sleeve, you know? <laughs> Fucking massive damage to the heart, obviously. Um, Tons of damage. You know, the owner of the saloon freaks out, obviously. And then that's when he requests the marshal. And uh, like I mentioned, that's when the whole town actually pulls out all their guns. So it's like, again, Django could have been dead and shot by, you know, these people. But again, the fucking triumphant hero fucking manages to fucking not have a, you know, have that fucking be a bothersome to him. But, you know, after 
after he gets the marshal and he freaking pretty much is <laughs> like, you look, dog, you owe me money. <laughs> I did you a favor with your blind ass, you know, hide, hiring a freaking killer in this fucking place. It's crazy because it, it leaves me with the same reaction that Django had. Speechless. All I could say was <laughs> Bill Sharp. God damn. It was Bill, Bill Sharp. Sharp. Oh, Bill Sharp. Bill this, guy did not, close yeah, this guy did not only get away with killing a sheriff. He got paid for it with a black man on his side. <laughs> Dude, the, the reaction of Django is just like, Christ, what? <laughs> it was crazy because Django was like, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to die it, at the hands of a white man and I didn't even do anything. <laughs> hey, man, that's how it is still to this day. <laughs> um, but okay, yeah, so the next scene, uh, we got the introduction of Big Daddy and then killing of the Brittle Brothers. Uh, but yeah, so moving on to that scene, um, that scene's just kind of like some comic relief, I think, for it, a bit. It's what the, scene? What it's scene? a dope the big ass, daddy. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It's a dope ass scene, obviously. In the and well, for me, it is at least just for the part where he gains, he, he gets his revenge, dude. The revenge is like the best part of that. But the beginning of it is so fucking funny because, <laughs> you know. It, it like I've seen so many <laughs> I've seen so many TikToks of it, so many like memes of it where it's just kind of like the where even before that, <laughs> Django gets to decide to choose what he wants to wear for that character. Mm. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I forgot. And, and even the girl, <laughs> the girl that uh you know uh tours him around the place, Bettina. even scolds him and she's like. So you even get the chance to wear what you want. <laughs> you got to choose, and you got to wear that. <laughs> I, like, I, I kind of uh, <laughs> relate that scene and uh, as he's going up to the first brittle, brittle brother in his blue suit, I kind of relate that to like a superhero introduction where he's just kind of walking up, you know, he's in a blue suit. He's looking his best that he can. He's about to kill the villain, his first villain that he sees because the brittle brothers are the ones who separated them and tortured him and Broomhilda. Yeah. So and, that's, got, and that's the best scene because, you know, um, Django himself, you know, he's he's ready to meet the people that fucking, you know, Fuck laid hands on his wife. Yeah. You know, and um, the one scene and the one quote where the guy tells him, you know, I love the way you beg, boy, when he's on his knees. Oh, yeah. He gives the same quote to the guy and he says, I love the way you die. I like the way you die. I, I like boy. the way you die. I think this is one of That's the things amazing. that just Quentin Tarantino doing Quentin Tarantino things, you know, like he knows how to make you feel good about the revenge. The revenge you is it's just happening. Like, like, yeah, just, dude, fuck him up. He, he hits that little part <laughs> in your brain where you're like, ah, ah, the little dopamine in your yeah, hands. Like, finally, a little bit of justice. You know? I, I actually saw something that said uh, he knows how to make you feel good about revenge. Um, in regards to how harsh or how bad the offender did the deed, so obviously you know they they were whipping Brumhilda in front of her of uh, Django. So you know the fact that he was able to kill them kind of just bring back some of the things they told him. You like I'm keeping it funny, or just like saying little quips, which is just kind of like indicative of like yep. the like the old spaghetti western movies that he's trying to like recreate. So it's just a really good, it's a really good scene overall. Yeah. And I think what really sells it 
at least to me, what sells him the most is part of the imagery that he uses. The blood splatter in the cotton plants, just like... That's true, really, that was intentional. The, the, blood, the blood splatter is hella intense. It just really sells, I, I you know. I have a problem with that scene. Go ahead, because I'm going to bring it up later, but bring it up now. He um, shoots it from the side, but comes from the front to the back. <laughs> or the back to the front. I'm just saying, oh, I, right. get yeah. I get it. I get it. I yeah. get. I'm just saying. I the QT. The come deaths, on, come on. Are, get, 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 come on, get get, get your shit together. How you gonna, how you gonna shoot? Come on. I, I'm just shoot saying. From the front, I, and then they launch he, from the left. He did that one. He did that uh, that gun curve from that Wanted movie where he goes like that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just saying. You know. You know. It, it bothers me a little bit. It's not. It's not a critic. A critic. No. No. It's called. Buzz, Buzz Cannon in Critical, Bethel. That's right. right. right I'm right, being right. Cannon in Critical right now. Come on. Um, well, <laughs> while we could, while we move, before we move to the next scene, I think we did skip one very important scene. Is when uh, Dr. Schultz and Django start, like, talking about each other's life. And um, Django tells Dr. Schultz that he has a wife. And oh yeah, yeah, we did. I thought that was after. Yeah, I, I, I thought that after they ate, he told him the story. I think that happened. They went to the um. No, was this was after before? the town. This was after the town, because yeah. by then yeah, he yeah. Know, he knows who they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, because it's after, and then he tells them like, "Hey, you know, then we're gonna build your character." That's why they start talking about the Brittle brothers, and he's like, "Oh, well, like, what are their names?" They're like, "There's Little Raj, John, and uh, something so, with an E." So, in my opinion, this is the first time that dr schultz starts his character development yes. it's the first yes. time that he sees django as something more than a means to an end he sees django as a human um and i think from he here feels on, bad for him yeah, yeah yeah you know he he's he i think the part where he he's more fascinated is one oh shit you have a wife wait you guys Believe in marriage, have, yeah. Believe in marriage, yeah. and then she's German. Wait, what? Yeah, and you know, the more I think about it, maybe as much as this movie is a movie about revenge porn for the for black people and the minorities that have been discriminated against, it is also a movie about the ignorant realizing they're just as much. Um, people as we are yeah part exactly. of part of the people that like benefit from racist structures realizing that maybe um we can't fix the structure through this structure we have to, have to overthrow it, it and dismantle it and destroy it and you know nah, the nah, more nah, i nah, think about guns it blazing. yeah bro <laughs> i count two guns we don't shake hands we don't shake hands with racist people we shoot them <laughs> I, I know prostitute gun i know there's two scenes uh where they're actually, it's after they've done something and they're like in the canyons, they're eating. I don't know if it's this, if it's in the same scene, but where Schultz starts telling Django the story of Broomhilda and uh, Siegfried, you know, like the, like the German tall tale, like yeah. about saving her. Kind of, kind of, what, what is it? The, <laughs> that's just going to sound stupid, but it's kind of like the beginning of the Shrek movie where how they explain about saving the princess you know <laughs> Honestly, it's literally the same thing man the, the first like, two shrek movies are cinematic <laughs> masterpieces but you know moving back um you know here's dr schultz feeling sympathetic you know he's he's uh gaining you know this 
this utter urge is like, I can't help but feel guilty if I don't help you. He actually says, uh, frankly, I've never given anyone their freedom before. And now that I have, I feel vaguely responsible for you. Exactly. And, and, and then he goes on to say, uh, and also as a German, it would be wrong to not help a, a real life Siegfried, who is the, the hero in that Broomhilda story. Exactly, man. That that then that it's it's a good it's a good little piece. It's small and it doesn't feel as if it's uh it's not forced, like his sentiment. Yeah, it's just kinda like thrown in there. It's just like, Oh yeah, here, by the way. I and think, then <laughs> I think it's kinda meant to humanize Schultz, but yeah. it, it does work effectively. And uh, you know, in this in this situation, you know, moving back to uh going to Big Daddy's um which <laughs> I don't know. I, I told you. I told you that he looks like fucking Colonel Sanders. The Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about KFC, but guys, by the way. But um, that actually leads me to the next scene, which is another Big Daddy scene, which is the Big Daddy and the posse scene oh, as they go to kill the um, famous uh, yes. KK. I can't see shit out of this bag, <laughs> dude. Oh my god. <laughs> but um, yeah, go ahead. Like uh, I don't know. That scene was just really that funny. Was amazing. I think that was a, a comedy relief scene. I agree. Yeah, it is. And, and um, you know, again, moving back before we get into that uh, that juicy part of like how um, Django d- obliterates them, and um, you know, Django being Django, going around and being a spotter and trying to look for, you know, the the, the brittle brothers. You know, Doctor Schultz is handling his part, keeping the. Um, I think he was a little distracted. Yeah, 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 he's keeping them distracted while he locates them. So, he's with this, uh, this, uh, I forgot her name, but she obviously, of course, is one of the slaves to, to Big Daddy, and she's torn him around, and he asks specifically of uh, where they're at. So, moving on to the next scene of where he gets to find the person that actually, I wouldn't say he's the one, well, he is the one that's responsible of having one of his uh his brothers uh lay a whip to his wife on the back and that's where the best scene comes in where he comes in and just boom shoots him with the fucking gun in the heart I, I, and with with one of the pages attached to his heart so I, I, i'm gonna look up that page i think there was a really significant reason why he was wearing exactly, that page that, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look it up yeah look that we we need a fact check right now uh, jamie oh, oh you mean uh when he killed john brittle yeah uh, when he killed john brother the bigger brother he's the one that has the whip and then was reciting the bible verses do you know the page what uh what uh rec- i don't think it's uh i don't think it says it okay let me let me see if i can find something i'm sure you can look it up hey jamie can you pull it out <laughs> Jamie, special guest. <laughs> That's a cute, Joe Rogan's guy. <laughs> um, but um, really, really, really amazing scene. Um, wait, the the scene where oh, this, what, what, then they kill uh, one of the Brittle brothers, the guy that was using the whip. Oh, John Brittle. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're we're talking about in regards to I think how he. Uh, Again, gets his revenge. That little that little bit of revenge that uh, everybody was waiting for, and uh, how the guy really fumbles the bag of getting his gun out. <laughs> but that's, that's actually good. One, that's one of the questions I had. Like, I get that it's plot armor, but how sweaty are your hands? You can't get the fucking gun out of your pocket, bro. <laughs> uh, Something. Uh, I'm just, look, yourself. The point is, 
the point is it's a good thing he didn't get his gun out in time because he gets that whip and he fucking just goes at it bro you know this yeah. is like like that one piece of like this is what we fucking fought for bro wait i didn't know there was a jingle movie in 1966 yeah there is actually holy shit and um you know this is before of course the the whole posse thing before uh you know Obviously, they're collecting the bodies because that's the, that's what they're primarily there for. They tricked uh, Big Daddy in regards to five thousand things that will change his mind. Uh-huh. He and- fucking uh, <laughs> he removes the money from the little tooth on top of his wagon and puts like a a brick of dynamite in there. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, uh, you know, right right before uh, you know, you could tell he's really, really, really pissed. So that's encouraging him to kill him, and uh, you know, the night scene. There's two, and this this is what I like about the movie. You get two two uh, two stories. You know, you get a flashback and the present, and they're not complicated. You could easily tell which is which and when is where. Yeah, I think that comes to Quentin um, uh, Tarantino's. Um, he's just a really good director. You know, he was one of the first people to like mainstream non-linear movie telling oh 100% and I think in this movie he uses it to a degree to a very small degree but he does it so well that it's not confusing it's not uh, jarring and I think all of these things are just showcasing how good of a director and a storyteller Quentin exactly you know it's 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 funny that you mentioned that because um, my uh even my own family, like I always try to like tell them, like like I always tell them, like dude, Django, trying to put them on, dude. Django's like the first movie, like oh you gotta watch this, like this is like fucking ten out of ten right here, dude. And they're and they're like Django, like I never seen that movie. It's like dude, like this movie's been out for like a hot minute, and a then decade when they watch now. It, ten yeah. years, yeah, ten years. And then when they watch it, they're like, dude, this movie's insane. Like it's like oh, it's so about to be ten years actually. It's about to be. It's about like nine years. It's in um. Like when, when, during uh, winter, I think. Oh, okay. During winter? Yeah. Well, let, me, let me actually look it up. You know, to be honest, I honestly didn't see a, a trailer for it back when it was uh, being released. Look, I it's, share the same memories with Chris on this movie. It is a very nostalgic movie to me. Back when we were dude, in high school. Before I barely saw this movie oh, this year. Man. Barely saw it. We, we did two things. You know, December Milo, 25th, 20, uh, 2012. December 2012. You're fucking kidding. No, that's when it came yeah, out. Yeah, oh, bro, uh, December 25th. It was literally it came out on Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, came when the world Christ- was supposed to end. 2012. Yeah. Jesus. Bitch, and instead was, of the world ending, we got this masterpiece. You're making oh. me feel old, man. Hey, man. Ten years old. later, and this movie can't. You're hitting the vault, man. You're hitting the vault. Let's move the park. Okay, but getting back to the whole Big Daddy posse scene. Um. Yeah. So. So we have we have Django. Fucking uh, well, three sixty well, no scoping, well, big daddy. Yet. You know, before he he three sixty no scopes him, <laughs> um, the whole uh, posse gets there, and they're they're trying to like trigger. arguing about the bags <laughs> all over their head. <laughs> it just sucks because that one dude just is like, why are you getting my wife to do shit for all of you guys? I think his name was like Fred or Will. Or I don't shit. remember, but that scene was really funny. <laughs> it was so it's like the, the, that lighting of like you know like oh bro okay. the fact that Jonah Hill was one of them oh, like just God. randomly dude okay my biggest complaint another complaint yes is that they show characters and you're like 
ooh, I can't wait to see him more. And it's kind of like, nah. Nope. They're, they're just there for like, to put the push the narrative. But that's a good part, you know, like you, you feel like they're going to they're gonna be there for a good minute and then, bah, you know, they get, they get killed. But for no, all good not reasons. even that. Remember on, um, when yeah. they're talking about Brohilda and then Django, how he was like, I want you to sell them separately and I want you to oh. sell them separately. But then he never came out and I thought for, for some reason, when the I Karukin. first seen him, yeah, I thought he was going to be a main character. Like, oh, we're, they're going to get him back. Nope. But it, Andy it, was like the main I villain. Think it goes back to the fact that I think Quentin Tarantino was debating making this into a second part, but then oh, that's that right. he ended up making the Hateful Eight, I think, instead. That's why there are some like elements kind of similar, or like where they kind of meld together. I mean, there's there's that one character I forgot what his name was. Uh, in Django, I forgot. Oh, uh, Billy Crash, the guy who gets shot in the balls at the end. Yeah, he he comes out in uh, Hateful as well, and he's still racist in the movie. So it might be the same character. <laughs> no, but I'm not no, sure. No, no, it's not because it, it, it this takes place after the takes place after the Civil the War. Civil War, yeah. yeah uh, Hateful takes place after it's the Civil twin, War. It's his twin. It's his twin brother. And then and, St and then Stephen, which is Samuel Jackson, he's a bounty hunter. Yeah. Who, uh, who but, died? But but separating for the for the hateful eight, um, you know, Django, uh, given given the last shot of, you know, making history in this situation for for uh, Big Daddy, he, um, well, actually a little bit before that is uh, they. Obviously, the after the the argument of the the bags, the, the bags you know, and, and it, it brings a good a good good perspective because it's kind of like, dude, like how the fuck are you guys are missing that they're that's not them, and they keep on circling around until like one of them actually gets off the horse, and says like, Plot wait a minute, armor. that's not them. What the fuck? Like where are they at? And then that's where <laughs> Doctor shows. What did he say? He said, "Good, uh, guten bar." What does he say? He says Auf Wiedersehen, Auf which just means goodbye in German. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he just fucking shoots it and then boom, dude, like whole explosion. <laughs> so everybody's fucking panicking. Some are dead, obviously, because of the explosion. <laughs> and um, I actually have a question. Um, uh, so when they well, so when Django actually shoots uh, Big Daddy, I'm kind of curious as to why they didn't show that. They just kind of show the bottom half and then him falling off. Well, they sh so if you ever notice, a lot of these, a lot of the body, um, a lot of the bodies, a lot of the people didn't get shot in the head. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them got shot in the in in, in the in the chest, like the torso, the torso, arms. So what I believe is that they probably just didn't show the head because if you could look at all the bullets and how destructive it was, still is. That's true, actually, because like so, I don't even remember in a uh, in Inglorious Bastards when um, when they're killing Hitler, they're just showing it straight up when they're just shooting him in the head. No, so yeah, yeah. they, they just keep going and unclipping and then put another clip and like, yeah, dude, yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's like it's, and, you, it's, and you could easily tell like the real body and then it moves into the fake body. And I think like, also, and I just kind of thought of this right now. I think it's also a way to kind of uh dehumanize them i think it's kind of a way to dehumanize or like it's it's, it's just like a way to kind of just be like um okay we're gonna kill them all 
But we're not going to let you see him get killed because, you know, it, he's less than a person for all the atrocities he's done. So I feel like that's, that could be a reason. But again, it's just all speculation. I, I honestly, uh, like, my perspective when um when nope, Big Daddy care. got killed, I just think it was... Don't care. Just kidding. Go ahead, please. <laughs> really drop the podcast. <laughs> okay, um, your perspective. Go ahead, please. I, I looked at it as in, like, and I never truly, like, that never really matters. Like, that he got killed or they i mean that he they showed that how he, i mean they show how he got killed it's just i know they didn't show their uh, his upper half i never came to mind like why they never showed it it's just something i noticed but yeah i guess it doesn't really matter okay so this is a question i never really asked myself and i think i've been wanting to bring out to the point that yeah we call this scene comedy relief but i think this is such a long movie and we have such long movies like that anything the movie has to have some kind of purpose and in my opinion what this scene shows is that um this kind of racism and this kind of like belief that black people were so inhuman that um asking your wife to make 50 bags to kill some black person that fucking yeah. went to the fucking <laughs> farm was so normal like imagine, yeah dude imagine that imagine you, you, okay. go back, you go back um, to you come back to work and you ask your girlfriend you're like hey baby like can you get me like 50 bags on holes to them to okay. kill like this person so, so um fun fact when i was in photography we had to do like certain like you had to make bags? No, no. Like it was we we had to do like a history thing like in like photos taken and all that. And mine was part of racism and like how um they uh back then they used to call it having a barbecue. It's really fucked up. But literally this was normalized back in like what was like the 1850s? So people were saying yeah, like, yeah. let's have a barbecue meant because of that. They, they, it's mean they're gonna lynch a, a color person. What? Wait, wait, how does this relate to photography? Well, <laughs> I, I, it's because of the whole photo thing. I don't know. Miss Milnes is cool, but you know, it's not even the point. It's just like an era of photography. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. He went from photography to no, but I mean, barbecue. I mean, I mean, what, what I'm trying to say is like the normalization of back then where like, Oh, white people will get together like we're having a barbecue. And oh, I, okay, that's and it's like some midsummer type of shit. And, and and it wasn't just like oh we're gonna cook up some canasada and pollo and you know it's no 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 no. no it's right? more atrocities. Yes. I'm gonna be, yes. I'm be worried the yes. next time I have it's a white friend it. that tells me that. <laughs> so, so to bring it back a little bit, I think this scene shows how normalized this kind of behavior was. Right, it like shows the viewer of the movie that killing black people was so normal that you could ask your wife to make you 50 bags to go lynch someone and i think one of the reasons why maybe quentin tarantino didn't show big daddy get shot is that with these bags it could have been anyone oh big daddy okay you know like like he did he did shoot big daddy but it could have been your neighbor it could have been your doctor anyone in a place that things are so normalized could be just as best as especially, yeah especially during that era but um i mean speaking of calvin candy that's the next scene the introduction the introduction of calvin j candy when they're doing the mantingo fighting and then you see that a completely exaggerated zoom zoom in where he turns around and he nods <laughs> which is like a very famous very gift now 
Yeah. Yeah, the most iconic GIF. And, um, okay. you know, kind of wrap, wrap, wrap things up a little bit. Uh, we move into the next scene. You know, they uh, obviously killed the Brittle Brothers. And they... Uh, they killed Big Daddy. They killed, they killed Big Daddy. You know, obviously finding out that this guy is obviously a fucking asshole and killing people just because, of course, of their color. Well, I mean, everybody is, but... <laughs> But the more of the story is he he um we're talking about candy right yeah uh, candy only candy. candy only bought um, bought him to fight to the death literally if he doesn't uh it was like every every hundred dollars worth one win to him wait what are you guys talking about <laughs> oh no oh no we're oh no we were transitioning into to the scene of Calvin Candy when they're doing the the Mandingo fighting. You guys are missing a whole point of like. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> you guys are getting way ahead of yourself. You, we're forgetting about, of course, obviously, of them accumulating a large amount of cash. You got to remember that. Oh yes, here's. I'm sorry. The the winter yeah, monologue. Be I mean, the winter. Sorry, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we killing the, everyone. Uh, we skipped thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're fucking. You, who are you? Man? Well, well I mean. <laughs> personally i feel like personally i it, feel fucking attacked right yeah, now it drags <laughs> a little to me it drags a little that scene no um, it doesn't it, it was it, it pushes everything to where they're at I, uh, how the fuck do you think they have twelve thousand fucking dollars what you think they're gonna the, pull it out of their ass and shit here comes the candy part boys <laughs> let's hear it <laughs> no that's, that's oh that's right, right. <laughs> oh no okay look like i like i, I get it where I was to bash your fucking score right now. <laughs> I was on oh. the I was on the fence <laughs> See, about this. You got three dimples in the back of your score. <laughs> <Fuck> you. <laughs> I, I'm just saying because like I understand this is where we see how Django becomes the sharpshooter that he does. But besides that scene, it's just like I feel like it just could have been like short I, shortened. I guess okay. shortened. it was. I feel like it was shortened. You and know, I, like I, they I, they I, passed I, through the seasons. I have to defend myself season. a little bit, right? The winter. I have to defend myself a little bit Go here because it, I did mention that when you have such a long movie, uh, you have to have like reason within the scenes. And I think, yes, this little gap of the time passing by is probably one of the things that could have been cut. I think it shows um, Django the hardship of what it is to be a bounty hunter. And to me... It's what shows that maybe if Django had an option of, you know, choosing not to be a bounty hunter, maybe he would have. And I bring that up in this scene where Django shoots a guy right next to his son. And I think. Well, yeah, that's that's where he starts. Because having again, a moral conundrum. This character development, you got to understand, Django wasn't still able. Yeah. He, the only reason why he killed the Brittle Brothers in the first place is because they touched his wife. Yeah, you got to understand when Django was killing someone because he didn't know anything about them, he had to learn the backstory of why why they're killing this guy in the first place. But I think what the purpose of this scene does, what it's trying to do at least, is remind the viewer that um, maybe if Django had the option of being a bounty hunter or anything else, probably would have chosen uh, to, not. to not be a bounty hunter. It's a reminder yeah. that while he yes, enjoys killing white people. Yeah. Why, no, while Django is like getting his freedom out of this, if the option between if the option of freedom wasn't there, 
he wouldn't have killed this dad next to his son. He would have lived a life somewhere else. And it reminds you that, damn, Dr. Schultz is still, even though he's a good guy, I mean, he's doing what's best for Django, is still benefiting from this whole slavery pact. I, I feel like I have to disagree. The only reason why is because he specifically tells him, look, this is your first bounty and it's about five I think a five five thousand. Oh, eleven thousand five hundred. I think it was, yeah, yeah, eleven thousand for all of them together though. So it's just the one person he was killing at this scene. You gotta imagine he was he was giving them a large summary of money. Yeah, and that's his bounty. You know, okay. Doctor Schultz already, I'm pretty sure has a, had accumulated yeah. twelve thousand dollars, and. Dr. Schultz could have just been like, well, fuck it. You know, it's just my shit. You know, I'm going to claim it. I think I think overall, there's a whole moral conundrum that each of them have. I think mo- the conundrum of this, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, because even later when um when they're going to Candyland with like the whole group and then Django's talking to the to the actual captured slaves, he's like uh, talking down on them. And then Schultz tells them like, you know, you need like you're you're yelling all these like atrocities at these slaves. And then he said, might I recall the man who told me to kill the man in front of his son? So they. Ha- so so was that scene Dude, in think, general I, I not think it needed? Huh, huh, Milo? Was that scene not needed? No, wait, no. Oh, okay, that was the end of the scene. <laughs> I think it shows a lot, right? I think it shows that Django... I think it shows that Django uh, has, like, like, killing the dad in front of his son was passing the line so hard for Django. It passed such a hard line for him that talking to other black people like that to demonizing is like nothing. And also too because um, Dr. Schultz did tell him you know I need you to play a part of a one-eyed Joe. Yeah. And do it however you feel that's best. Yeah. And, uh, but continue Beto. I think it just shows that in my opinion, in my honest opinion, if Django had the option of running away with his wife and having a life with her or uh, being a bounty hunter and living the rest of his life making shitloads of money, he would have chosen chosen his wife every time. Absolutely. And, and, so, and, and I think um, it really shows how I, Schultz I like- is still benefiting from this slave-to-master uh relationship so uh, I, I i get i get what you're trying to get at you're trying to get at the whole like correct me if i'm wrong Django would have done this versus that if let's say this was a uh, possibility a, an, a, a scenario that happened in real life but in the move in the move i mean it's a movie you know so the the, the idea of like saying well he he, he would have run away with his wife he had a chance i mean no duh it's just the idea that yeah. the, the the movie is kind of like that's not what's built upon i guess okay. It, okay. it's more it's more about this uh, is what's going on this I'll is co- what's happening this is what i'm gonna correct you what i'm trying to say is that the purpose of those like 15 minutes of uh scenes of django training to be a bounty hunter to killing a father in front of his son, whether he knew he was guilty or not, is a reminder uh, to the viewer that Dr. Schultz is still 
benefiting of a slave relationship. I I I, I just disagree with you on that. It, it, not, not disagree on the idea of that. That I disagree with you. I think the the movie is not like I think we're we're straying away from what quick QT wanted versus what you think should have happened. I mean, that's, that's what that, movies are, that, right? That, that's what we're being candid about, though. I mean, it's because like we we keep going back on that idea of like, oh, he just would have run away with his wife. Like, yeah, we all know they all would have run away with their significant other. That's not, that's not like okay, far from I, the truth. And, and I think that's um, the whole thing about running away with life. What I'm trying with his wife. What I'm trying to get at is that that's just the nature of a slave relationship, right? Like. Yeah. In any way you look in at any it, yeah. Way, like, obviously, any of us would have chosen running away with their wives. But Django didn't have that option. J like, what I'm saying is Django did not have an option to become a bounty hunter. Django did not have the option to kill that guy in front of his son. Django did not have the option of... Uh, minimizing and being racist to his fellow black people he did not have that option because it was either that or staying a slave right that's true because even he had the option to not say anything when that beginning scene with dr king was introduced and he could have just stayed quiet and then this is where i have the problem with that mm -hmm. what the movie <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Okay, you know? okay. Let's, but, let's, let's, that's what I'm. That's the whole point. Like, it's the movie trying to like just go forward on the story that's elaborated. I get what Beto's saying. I understand what you guys are saying. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you guys are saying. What I'm disagreeing is the idea of like I get it, but the movie is the movie. You know, like this is the plot, and it's how it's gonna go. But do you understand? But do you understand why kids love trick cereal? <laughs> what i didn't i didn't say that again i said do you understand why kids love trick cereal because they're not for kids <laughs> <laughs> okay but we're gonna go we're gonna go to the next scene because that was a long tangent but um so yeah the introduction of calvin candy leonardo DiCaprio's character and that whole mandingo scene in that one club go ahead issue with that is how did he not win an oscar award for that but he won one for revenant that's all i'm saying that's that's way after, by the way. The Oscars. You're, you're talking about two. I think the revenue was like only like five years ago. Yeah, but but that's no, no, like no. later on in the scene. We're talking about the introduction of uh. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm saying what I'm saying is. Oh, okay. They, I get what you mean. Leonardo DiCaprio did a really good job, and he didn't win an Oscar for that scene. I mean, that that dinner. Or just scene. that whole yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. portrayal. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, 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 that's yeah, all yeah. I'm saying. You know, like you know, like, he did. You know, he did really play a good role of being a piece know, of shit. Being a piece of shit. You know, <laughs> being the fucking person. You know that uh, is a really rich fucking person with a big ass land and an obnoxious amount of fucking strong. And he loved his sister a little people. too much. Oh, and not yeah. to and not to <laughs> yeah. take a, not to take away anything from. Christoph Waltz, but oh, he actually did win the supporting Oscar for this movie. I, I, but, the, I, but like as Chris said, the fact that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio didn't win for this movie is beyond I, me. But at the same time, and obviously I know it's just a movie role, but I feel I don't know. I feel like he'd be a little on the iffy side about winning an Oscar for portraying a racist. I mean, yeah. okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, even. There, there's um <laughs> hold on it actually kind of leads me to something uh 
I thought he did a good role, role as being as uh, Candy. Like, I thought it was really good. I understand the consensus of being like, oh, do I really want to win a role of being a racist? It kind of leads me to one of like the like the fun facts that I found online. Uh, during the filming of one of the dinner scenes, Leonardo DiCaprio had to stop the scene because he was having di a difficult time using so many racial slurs. Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> then pulled him aside, telling him, motherfucker, this is just another Tuesday for us. But, you know, people have, you know, well, I mean, anybody, the way we have you know, our own, like, thoughts about certain things actors have to like well, yeah, keep in mind of what they want to be known for obviously they never fair grew enough, up in enough. those conditions and you know samuel does a really good job of saying like look dog this is how it is you know this is just how it is in every other fucking it's your place. job in, in you know no but he's also telling them reality wise is like this is what people face outside of hollywood you know oh that's a double a double meaning to that what he said then okay i get it you know, think about it. You know, Samuel is I don't is think giving out the realism of just kind of like, no, I know, but I know Leonardo is 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 just trying not to feel guilty of one saying a lot of bad bad uh, verbal you know words of the word, but in the ways of uh, Samuel is just like you got to understand. You know, you're doing it because you have to act, and on the other side, it's the other I mean, side is that you have to give that audience. Of how uh, how bad of a piece of shit it's the, candy is, and how the terms of how in our real world is still like that. I, I look at it as an authenticity of being a racist piece of shit, of like back in the eighteen hundreds, where it's like this is how they were, dude. Like, they and not and not only that, um, I don't remember who told them, but somebody told them. I think maybe Quentin Tarantino told them, but somebody told them. If you're going to play this part, you might as well go all out. Because if you don't, you're never going to hear the end of it. Oh. For not playing a really bad piece of shit villain. <laughs> exactly. Mm. I mean, it's I rough. I, I can't say I've been there. But like all, all, all I'm saying is um, he should have won that. He should have won an Oscar. Hmm. I mean, I think it's just another great interruption to an awful character. You know, just how well Dr. Schultz was interested on this movie. I think that Leonardo DiCaprio was just as well, you know, being introduced as a sister fucker. Uh, oh, dude, yeah, I was gonna ask that. What's up with that? <laughs> dude, like, like, Where is, 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 is he French? Beautiful sister. <laughs> I'm like, nah, fucking nah, um, candy. Fucking he's French. Remember, um, he he doesn't know French that well, but he uh, he's um, <laughs> no no he doesn't speak French. He doesn't speak French. But I thought he was French. No, I, he's, 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 he's just Lindian. being pretentious. He's That's the oh, thing. Yeah. Okay, so you know like what? his his uh, what is it his uh, monsieur? His monsieur tells him like, monsieur. oh, don't speak French with him. You only oh no, his lawyer, his lawyer, his lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. Yeah, you know he says like you know don't speak French in front of him. You only embarrass him, and he he hates being embarrassed. And, uh, you know, that's when they're walking up those steps, you know. Dr. Schultz is getting a brief description of who the hell Candy is. Because he's from, from uh, what it feels weird is that he's never met him. But what Dr. Feels Schultz like had an interaction with his, um, with his lawyer. Yeah, with the lawyer. No, yeah, but he's talking lawyer. about the scene when they're no, walking. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he knows, he knows the lawyer. He's worked with him. But he's never worked with Candy himself. No, yeah, yeah. I, so, I feel like it's a... It's, it's, uh, it's a really it's a really cool scene where it's kind of just like um, telling them uh, don't do this, say this, and don't do this, so you don't disrespect them. But then later on in the movie, 
he gets absolutely obliterated by Dr. King, but we'll get into it in a bit. But he just, he's just, uh, Calvin Candy, he's just like, he's a villain, you know, he doesn't like these, uh, he's, well, he's easily. Um, <laughs> he's those villains that will literally kill people if for whatever wrong. He's like the Joker, bro. Yeah, he's just literally like, the Joker. <laughs> he's just kind of like, uh, you know, don't, don't say dumb shit, you know, don't, don't belittle me, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that in a serious fucking note. And, um, but it's kind of interesting because I wouldn't say he's a socio or a psychopath. He's just kind of fucking, he's just a racist, you know? He could have easily killed Django and Dr. Oh, King. Oh, oh, so you mean he's what, what, what real people are in these nowadays? Well, I mean, <laughs> they're hiding their true intentions, you hiding know? Hiding their true intention, though, not being, uh, not trying to be, uh, how would I say, um, Fake? I don't know. <laughs> not, not fake. What is that like? Not trying to be uh not trying to take off their 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 uh their cap. I think know? I think the thing here is that he wasn't trying to hide anything. I think the thing is that in that time, Candy would have been just a regular guy, right? Like um in that year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he was like. Like, he saw black people as such nothing that um, he only saw them as a means of making money by killing each other. Not different than some people see pit bulls or uh, what are they called? The roosters. roosters. Yeah. But that's, but that's the most intense, you know, like. Yeah. Im- imagine seeing like someone as such nothing that. You see him as less or equal to like roosters killing each other. Exactly. Yeah. And um, you know, in this in this in this scene alone, you know, this is where you get to see um Dr. Schultz, you know, he feels like scared, you know, having to see people go through this. You know, he's he he has he you know, he's a he's a dentist. He doesn't have to see any of this shit. He just goes day to day to pay to, to patients. Oh well. Which yeah, I might add, it's a, it's a really gruesome scene. All things considered, just the blood, the way they're just tossing around, what, what, his fucking eyes getting like pushed in, like it's I don't know. I like, even even that they don't even show it when he hits him with the hammer in the it's head. The sound. It's, you, it's, you feel it, like you feel the the the, the weight of it, like just, it's it's all just it's smack. all the sounds, yeah, the reactions. The, the fact that this guy, you know, literally has to kill a person of his own color and both of them fighting for the same thing to live on the next day and the next and the next and then just having to go through all that. It's, and I it's, think this is a bit of a turning point in the movie. when 100% it is. When, when Schultz is no longer gaining anything from his relationship with Django. Yeah, in, instead... Django has been pushed to such a limit that this is something that he has to do it's like PTSD. To, to, to get his wife. But Dr. Uh. Schultz, he has nothing to gain from this. Yeah, this re- is too far. And now. he realizes like them. Like, and he's the one that made the choice to yeah. do to to go yeah. as like uh, a, a one eyed Charlie, I think he said. Yeah. And I, I looked at it as um Django just seen this before and that's why it's like he that's was why he's so calm about well, yeah, it. Yeah, like that's it's like thing. it's like, this part of his life, you know, like he's seen this since the day he was born. And that's the, and that's the that's the good that's a good thing that you point out because it's like, you know, here's here's Dr. Schultz fucking sitting down and you could see like he's clenching his fist, he's like moving back, like if this is a fucking scary movie in front of him. And uh 
you know, Django in the back, fucking casually smoking his fucking cig, drinking, and he's just like, well, fuck, you know, another one bites the dust. Yeah. And then even, like, the other... <laughs> you have, like, the bartender and then, uh... Oh, Candy's Candy's, uh... Candy's girl, I guess, Sheba. Yeah. The girl who's there. They're just kind of... They just kind of look at each other. Like, they're just so used to it. Or, like, they kind of, like, wince at it, but... Jango's well, just well, like I think drinking the his drink. Was, was a little bit frightened because he probably no, he was, he was. So, but but the the poor maid, dude, the maid like dropped all the fucking candy and shit. She was just so fucking scared. And you know, I imagine like having to see that shit right in front of you, dude, is like, I can't. Oh, it's dude. unbearable. I, 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 it's it's unbearable, bro. I could barely fucking take a knife in a fucking movie. But I <laughs> I, I think this shows like. How little of an option Django had to like do what he had to do, right? Like the gruesomeness and the inhumaneness that he had to go through to rescue his wife wasn't really much of an option to him. Um, and I think at this point he like realizes that it's like I'm just gonna go with the punches. I have to. I have no choice. <laughs> I, I think he's really more than punches, dog. <laughs> I, I think it's more that it shows Schultz's ignorance through the movie even more. It shows yeah. that I think at this point, Schultz really realizes when when Schultz comes to Candy the uh, Candy's farm, he really, really really realizes the sacrifices and the torment that Django has been through his whole life, and he's like barely hanging on. Like in some like it's kind of weird. Like it's not really the. You know, like, you got to live a per. you know, what's that saying? Like, you know, until you live in the person's shoes or something like that, you know, you'll get Walk to see. Walk in my shoes? Yeah, you know, you'll, you'll get to Walk see what Jango's it is. Shoes, yeah. And, you know, he fucking barely got a good glimpse of it. And it's just like, dude, like, this is. This is too much. This is fucked. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and you know, and, and that's a perfect scene. You know, you get the real side of, uh, of Candy. You know, they thought it was going to be like an easy like, hey, you know, I'm just going to buy a fucking, you know, buff ass slave. You know how much you want to sell your best best. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like, like, and then we're going to undercut him and then try to buy Broomhilda. That's more later in a later scene. But I think if it comes down to it, you know, I think what the movie is trying to say is that when the ignorant that are benefiting from this kind of system even get a glimpse of what the people that have been marginalized um if they even begin to notice how hard this has been for them they realize that we cannot fix the system through the system yeah we have to overthrow it and we have to dismantle it and continue and i think cutie does such a good job of like doing this by what happens in the next scene when exactly. they're trying to make the deal about selling the wife. It gets into the more serious part, you know. They're 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 reaching the finishing line. You know, they they got the person where they need to they need to get that done. And you know, now that uh that whole fight scene ends, you know It kinda leads into the down the line eventually getting to Candyland and then the whole dinner table scene where um Steven Samuel L. Jackson's character actually realizes what's going on. You know, and that's the, that's the thing about this movie is is that they would have gotten away, but if it wasn't for the person of his own color, which is a really good scene that Samuel L. Jackson played, 
and he's the one that fucking turned turned the other side of candy and said like yo dog like come we need to go be- talk you're being fucking played dog and, and it, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of Han's character from Inglorious, where he's like, he's being a detective of his own kind, you know. He's playing to the little cues of Broomhilda and Django, and then even what Candy's sister says, like, oh, you know, I know you might have the hots for her, but I think she has her eyes on Django, and that's when Stevens oh, is kind of like, wait, something's going on here. Well, before that, you know. Oh, that, they, that was they, a turning point. Yeah, yeah, it was. And and before all of that, you know, we're, we're still we missing a little... We got about the traveling scene. Oh, yeah, we're, we're missing a little bit of the traveling scene, you know. It, it, it's a, quick, the, it's the a quick scene. Uh, Dark, where, D'Artagnan. Yeah, that, you know, that was... The, oh, That's, you know, God, that's, that's that Dr. Schultz's pivoting point, you know. He kind of gives himself out a little bit there, you know. So, wait, 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 wait. Let's slow down a bit. So, after the Mandango fight, they agreed to uh, travel to Candyland... And then so basically they're traveling and what was his name again? Billy. What was it? Billy, Billy, Billy Crash. Crash. Billy Crash was being a dick to Django. And he was like, what, what, what was that line he said? It was like, it, it's a, it's a keep up, not catch up. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then he was like, oh, it's something walking in the moonlight naked. He was like, oh, you're going to hold my hand? Dude, oh, I yeah. just, I, dude, dude, I love that part because Django just fucking... Because- he goes to the fucking guy that tells him that shit and yanks him off his fucking horse, pulls the gun, and, and pretty much all of his henchmen of, like, Candyman's is there. And yet still Candyman's like, hey, I saw what you guys did. He's kind of giving him that, you know, he's a free man. So, you know, he's respecting him of what he has. What so, he okay, no, okay, so the idea, I, from my perspective, the idea of that whole point with Django was, like, trying to show him, like, no, I'm one of you guys. Like, I hate them as much as you guys hate them. I don't care about them as much as... Yeah, I, that part that he's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, like, so that's a very big, like, scene. Because, like, he's showing them how, like... I get, I'm one of you guys. I don't care about these people either as much as you don't care about them. And it, it's very good. Because, like, he plays such a good role. And then, like... And, obviously, it shows the polar opposite when uh, Dr. Short was, like... Hey, dude, what we talked about earlier was like, you need to calm down. Like, yeah. <laughs> what you're doing is not cool. And you're and provoking then, but that's uh, candy. Good though, yeah, you get, it, like these two roles of like Dr. Schultz, you know, okay, you know, I'm going to use this to my benefit, all this shit. And then now, like, you could see him, like, you know, he was at the peak of the mountain and like seeing like how bad these people are being treated like okay he's, he's can you getting... say can you say um now Django is using dr schwartz for this part because <laughs> this feels i don't i don't really think he he really needed him you know like he no he, he was gonna do with or without him like that's how fucking i guess in in one way or another yes like but dead dead ass, i'm not saying using him but like be. it was like but, like the roles have been revo- reversed it, I, it's been reversed no because like, i agree with you chris because like like the, i i Thank you, Beto. Because the, 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 the idea... <laughs> nah, fuck that. Not, not, because, like, because Joshua Swartz was... Ah, sorry for butchering his name. But, like, he started, like... He, you, you could tell, like, he didn't like this. And he wanted to back out. And he was done. But Jenga was, like, obviously quoting him, using his own words against him. Like you said earlier, weren't you the man who wanted me to kill... Weren't you the man who told me to kill another guy in front of his, his kid? Son. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of like, like the, the role has been reversed now. Yeah, well, I mean, now, it, it's good. Well, he's going to get every glimpse of, like, how it is. But, you know, 
I don't think necessarily he was backing out. He's he's getting more of the understanding of like shit, dude. Like I didn't think it was like this bad. You yeah, know? I think this is a realization of what uh, Dr. Schultz realizes, like, what he has been putting Django yeah. through the whole movie. Exactly. And he's know? like, damn, now I put him through all this. I'm kind of forced to at least try I, I don't to think, do the I don't same. think he, was, he feels forced, you know. Like, he, you know, in, in the situation of, like, you know, he's not, he, he you know, he, he wasn't in those situation that Django has been you know and in this term of of of, uh, of a situation is is that he could have been he could have done this by himself but he wouldn't have gotten far for where he's at and I wouldn't think that Dr. Schultz would have backed out in that term I want to I, I want to move a little bit forward I, it's not that I'm saying he would have backed out I'm saying that he starts to realizing fuck like this, this is fucked. fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in deep <laughs> shit now. This, this does not fuck, by the way. This is not fuck. He's in but, levels. He's in levels where he really, he really didn't think of himself of being in that. Because he thought it was gonna be an easy. Job. He's losing his confidence. And then, like the scene that actually really broke my heart, like, and like, ugh, I, I, I hate it so much. This one, like, um, what was his name again, Milo? Who? Uh, when he was in the tree. Dartanji. Tar. Dart. Hanging. Dude, when he was like, like that. he was like, I can't do this anymore. I have no more fight, and I won all of them. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, dude. Yeah. And then he was like, I paid five hundred. I expect five hundred wins. No, I he expects five, 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 five wins. fights. Yeah. And then he was just on his knees begging. And when he had the dogs, dude, that that no, but, dude, but dude, that's no, the thing. Like that, that way, wait, 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 that that scene when I when I first seen it. It, it fucking hurt, dude. It was like, dude, there was so much compassion. And then Candy was like, no, let 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 Betsy do her thing. Or what was the dog name? Was well, it Betsy? No, no. So, so, so the situation and all of that is, is that, uh, dude, that shit hurts. you know, Candy was trying to use that as a structure to tell, you know, Django about like how his fights are and like what he expects and how much he pays and values his money for you know not wasting on a specific person and in that scene alone you know Django as ruthless as he's trying to be he tells him like you know oh well he saves he saves Dr. Schultz by the way it's he Dr. Schultz gets so so worried and scared that he voluntarily said I'll pay you your five hundred dollars in the terms of Candy's, like, so are you fucking sparing this guy? Like, no, what the he, fuck? Like, you're not. No, what he said was like, I, I expect five fights. Are you gonna reimburse me? Do you even know what reimbursement means? But yeah, no, but yeah, but, that, but no, wait, wait, it's because I like this thing because he was like, I will, and then and then uh, Candy turns around like, you will? Well, yeah, but that, but alone, that's you, look. A, a lot of people are taking that as a comedy, but. Reality is, is that in that terminology, Candy surprised us to like you will as a form of like you're gonna be the one that's gonna reimburse me and have sympathy over this person. What did what he say? Is that you're gonna pay me five hundred dollars for a Cardinal Joe who's no fit to uh, push a broom? I believe that's what he says, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. Thing. I, that's, I, I, no, no, I, I, I get and, what and, you're saying, and, and that's yeah. when Django says, "No, he won't." And that's like where that. Django you know, stepped in to save him because 
in Django's term is like he's tired of your shit and he wants to get onto oh, yeah, yeah, a fucking like, person because he has money or, or to get to Candyland he said yeah he yeah. has money yeah, to yeah. pay shit and get on go on about his way and you're wasting his time yeah so in that terms he was still gonna be dead yeah as bad as it sounds as bad as it sounds but that's a good scene because <sighs> candy's hurt. like I think, I think so you don't care what I do with this guy yeah I think it shows more that um Schultz. But that also shows how how ruthless Candy yeah. is. I think I think it shows but, that Schultz. And, that, and we skipped like, over, and that's the reason I brought it over because it was a really fucking good yeah. scene. It, it, it provokes a emotion. It I think it shows that. Uh, yeah, I think it shows that Schultz is reaching a breaking point. He's he's like he's getting to a place where he can no longer keep up this charade of like he's someone who doesn't care about black people. But it also shows that Django has been through so much and he's so strong, not because of what he has gone through, but regardless of what he has gone through, that he's willing to do more. Exactly. Like, like, like Django is going to do anything that he has to do to save his wife, even if that is something that Schultz can't do. And, and um, you know, that, that scene is, uh, like, again, what Chris said is... Uh, it is emotional. It is a, it is a sad piece, you know. It, I wouldn't. Well, for me, it's, at least it's not emotional, but it is also something where it's I'm like really fucked up, you know. So, so what, what I'm trying to say is like it's not emotional, but it, it provokes emotions. It provokes like sadness. It's so bad, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. You're really. This is a person that really doesn't want to go through any of that shit, but he has to go through it because he's just a fucking. He's a cell of a person. You know, they bought him specifically to do this thing, and he's not doing it. But reality is, is like, dude, he's a fucking human being. All right. So but I think yes. we should move to the final scene, the dinner scene, or the no, no, no. second the, to last the, scene. The introduction of Steven. Well, not that. You're, we're forgetting about when they arrive to the place. No, Steven. Yeah, 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 the boy, yeah. Steven. And, which leads Steven. to the, the following scene. You know, we have the dinner table scene. And where Steven Stamilo Jackson's character realizes Broomhilda knows Django, whoa, and then whoa, whoa, he tells whoa, whoa, whoa. Candy the you're, you're true talking plan. About the, you're, you're talking about way too far, buddy. At the beginning, <laughs> when he when we realize he 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 loves his sister more than just a sister. Oh yeah, he kisses her multiple times. Yeah, my, little, my uh, lovely uh, sister. Right, well, the question is here: How likely is he that fucked her? Oh uh, my! Ninety percent. No, ninety-five. Don't be stupid, guys. I may be dumb, but I know my math. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we have the introduction of Steven, who I mean, as we said it before, he's an Uncle Tom, who's. I think they did a really good job of introducing him being of self-hating, you know, African, like very good job. Yeah, you know, and then he's put, he's he's more dumbfounded by the fact as to why Django is on a horse. Yeah, and then he's, you know, he's trying to talk to or Candy's trying to talk to him, and he's like, no, no, yeah, I miss you like a like a something misses something, or 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 like a baby misses like a a a a mom's teeth, (laughs) and just saying all these things, and he said like, but but why is Django on a horse? And it's just kind of like. You kind of get to see who his character is, you know, his nature. 
Yeah, I think it shows like the contrast between Samuel L. Jackson and Jamie Foxx, you know? Like, I feel like uh, Samuel L. Jackson always felt like the special one for comporting with the stereotypes of for comporting with like the white people said he's always been that even though he's the special one he's nothing you know and then here comes Django and like shatters his whole uh concept of reality what it is to be the quote-unquote good black man you know yeah and um you know and this is and, and this is one of the greatest scenes too because is uh you know, here comes Django coming far, far from like his his original place, originally to be separated forever from his wife. And he actually this is the first glimpse he sees he of her. He sees her and, and who knows feel how the long tension and you know, fucking you know, so happy, ready to fucking go gunslinging in at any moment, bro. They have her in the heat box and they're talking about her, but he's not sure if it's her. And then once they bring her out and he sees like She's like already know he already knows by her attributes, bro. She, like she, from a far distance, that's how you know how much he loves her, because he loves her, yeah. he, he knows every part of her, the way her hair is, the way how she looks, the way that she talks. And, the way. But like the fact that it's like she's butt naked in this like she she was in the floor in the hot sun for who knows how long, bro. His hand on the gun, ready to fucking go off, man. Which it's it kind of alludes to it later in the fact when they're at the ta the dinner table. But yeah, he even has to look away because he can't bear to see his wife like that being in that situation. And you know, um, Candy himself says it like, "Oh, we're gonna bring her inside. You know, we're gonna get her washed up." Oh, for Doctor King, yeah, because he mentioned so he's, her. He's like, "All right, I gotta fucking." I gotta fucking breathe right now. I'm about to see my baby girl, and I can't, I can't fuck this up right now. As much as he wants to fucking go all crazy, he can't fuck this up. And then even Dick, uh, Doctor King told him earlier, it's like, don't let your retribution get the the best of you. Exactly. You know, keep your head, keep your head high. And you know, good scene, good introductories of, of course, uh, new characters in that situation. You know, main conflicts of uh samuel and then not to mention billy crash so after this scene really good scene and the dinner Django, table scene Django and the really weird faint that uh his wife does <laughs> where she has the water in her hands oh, and she, she fucking oh yeah when they yeah, yeah, <laughs> do people really faint like that back then you know i, like, I, that's, I feel like that? people faint like that nowadays dude i think like fainting is a little i mean i never faint hey, in my knocking whole life on wood i've never fainted in my life mm, like, knocking on wood <laughs> I hope I never faint. That scene, that looks really. I mean, I feel like scary. I feel like That's I fainted. Scary. I felt like I was about to faint once, but like I never fainted. But when I uh, originally got into a roller coaster ride in this amusement park, I, it, it felt like my stomach was about to like fucking come Maybe. up. So I don't know. Anyways, but you know, really good scene. Django waiting on the other side of the room walks into uh, Doctor Schultz's uh, room that he has. You know, she's about to be brought in. Um, Candy's uh, sister is the one that's bringing her up, and uh, Doctor Schultz is pretty much giving him giving him the the you know don't make any any uh, loud movements. You know, try to keep it quiet. You know, we're still on a mission here. I'm making sure that we get her. And uh, 
So here comes Candy's sister, bringing her in, all happy, introducing her. And uh, Broomhilda, obviously, of course, not knowing any of the situation, really confused. And she's just like, oh, well, here's this other white guy I have to fucking please. And, you know, I'm fucking sad like that. I have to do this shit, but I have to do this. So that way, one day I could I could see my husband. And, you know, she had and, and that's the thing. Like, she's not she has those expectations. She has that honesty and hope that she's going to see her husband later on. So she does it not only the fact that she has to, but that she has that hope of seeing him once again. And once the <laughs> Dr. Schultz, you know, like, okay, bye, you know, fucking closes the door on the fucking candy sister, which is fucking funny. What, 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 what I like about that scene was um, he was so genuinely happy to like speak German to another native speaking tongue. That too. And then that was really nice. It was really nice. It was comforting for him. He, he was like really amazed and so happy seeing her talking German. He was just like, oh shit, like you fucking actually speak German. You know, it feels good, you know, and he says it himself. He's, you know, another person speaking his native tongue. Personally, and it's because I've taken a German class before, but I love the, the sound of the German language. I just love it. It's I feel like, like they sound I, aggressive, though. <laughs> it usually does. Yeah. Usually you know, does. They, they don't they say, say it with your chest? Like, they talk say with what, their chest? Say with your chest. Something like say that. Say with your chest. Auf I don't, oh, chill. That means bye, but it sounds aggressive as hell. But yes, oh, oh that, I, I felt dude, like you I'm just like, said something racist to me. Shut the fuck. Oh, I, I felt like you wanted me to go away, dude. <laughs> but going back to it, yeah, so that scene, you know, him and Broomhilda, they're speaking very candidly, saying like, you know, like I brought you. We have a, I have a friend with a mutual interest, and she's like, I don't have oh, any yeah, friends. And, speaking in, and still speaking in German. Still speaking in German to make sure that no one else is listening to them, and um. We finally get the reveal between Django and Broomhilda, and like as you know, as Brian said, with the wall, we're like fainting with the water. Very extra, <laughs> but Very extra. I mean, I feel like it's dramatic. It's, for it's the movie. good though. That's her man like, right like, there, bro. I feel like I feel like that faint okay, um, put, put, posture put has been around for like a long time for like those old movies. Okay, put no, no, not even then. Put it this way. Imagine we live in those time, and you're Imagine a slave. Imagine that we live in the society. No, and you're a slave and you can't see your mom, dad, because someone sold you guys apart. Oh, dude. And you would yeah. never see them. Like, yeah, I that's, mean, a, that's the whole point. Like, you know, that's, like, a, that's why Brumhilda, you know, she's still hoping that she's going to see Django at some point. And, you know, the silver tongue beast over here waiting on the other side of the door opens that door and then immense she fucking faints. And it's the best scene in, in terms of, you know, Django finally reaching the point of where it all matters. He's here. His wife's on the floor fucking faint and dead. <laughs> not, not what he expected, but is, but probably what if he, he probably would have. You know, I think he probably would have expected that, you know. But nevertheless, he's there. His wife's now in front of him, and now he has to secure the bag as smooth as possible. Which leads us to the next scene, and which is the dinner table scene. The dinner table uh, scene. Which, in my opinion, one of the best scenes in the 
fucking movie, dude. It's and the most iconic scene. Yeah. Oh, oh my. It's a very, uh, it's a turning point for sure. Such a good scene. Such a good scene. You don't even understand my love. <laughs> it's, I love this scene. Dude. It's, I think it's, I think, it's a scene most recognizable. It's a scene I, where everybody got a little bit pissed off because he should have won of Oscars for this shit. No, yes, yes, and like this was the scene that made me not like Django, but love this scene was amazing. So we're gonna, we're, we, I'll, I'll let Milo carry on with it, but I, I just that's my opinion. I love this scene. Well, we uh, we have an extended scene, which leads to. I guess just from the start, from the point where Steven realizes Broomhilda knows Django and telling Candy the true plan to leading to that explanation of Candy of the skull and then eventually selling Broomhilda to Django and uh, Schultz. The yeah. whole idea was the right type of person and Broomhilda was that person. Yep. That whole scene was like, so intense juicy it's and, a juicy scene and yes yes and, and also yeah. it was so, so i felt like there was twists in it like you thought they were gonna get away with it and then they didn't oh my god that scene is so good but take it away milo take it away from me they were really close you know you have uh at the beginning Broomhilda and dr king schultz kind of conversing with each other and and Candy saying like, oh, you know, you, you seem like you kind of you kind of got the eyes for her. But then that's when Calvin's sister says like, oh, I think she has eyes for Django. And at that very point, you see Steven just he's smiling and then he gets really serious. And then once they go back to the kitchen, he asks Broomhilda, you know him outside, don't you? And then they just when he says like, oh, and like, don't lie, you know. And then Steven realizes it like after the fact when Calvin's about to sell uh, a Mandingo to to Dr. King Schultz and that's when he says like oh you know um, we'll sell him look we'll offer you 9,000 which is 3,000 lower than they had initially offered him and then you just kind of have him saying like oh you know I'll buy him for 12,000 then because that was our original offer and then he says like oh we'll come back in five days I'll have my lawyer. I'll have a physician to check out the Mandingo. I I, I think the idea was to take Brumhilda. Brumhilda. Ah, sorry. Brumhilda. Yeah, that, 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 that's what he says next. But this whole idea of him trying to buy a Mandingo was just a cover up. But once Stephen heard them say, um, "Oh, you know about Brumhilda," that's when it all snaps in Stephen's head, and that's when he whispers yep. to Candy. He uh, pulled them out. He yeah, he pulled them out. Like, I'm gonna need you like two seconds. Right he now. tells them, "Meet me in the library," <laughs> and then that at that very moment, I feel like that's a huge turning point because that's when he tells Candy, "They're not but, trying to buy a Mandingo. They're but, trying to buy that girl. Django's in love with that girl." And and it's so good because like Candy's just like those mother not fuckers. Yeah, not not you know? even like that. But he's like, "But why would they do this?" And it's like, "But why would why would Doctor Schwartz do that?" And they're like. I don't know. Schultz. 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 <laughs> okay, okay, Schultz. Schultz. He's like, he's like, why would he do that? And, yeah, yeah. And, 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 he's like, why they, would he risk so much for a girl? Yeah, and, and, and he's like, I don't know that, but fuck it. That, I think, like, I like, think we, he, know, we know. Like, we look, know dog, now. The more of the story is, you're out 12 Gs. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's more shocked at the fact 
that a white man is helping Django. It's like, oh, yeah, like I expect Django. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. I don't think it's that. I think he's more because, like, again, remember, it goes back to his lore. Well, yeah, he's he, being he doesn't sh- like he's short, he's Mogi. Mogi, he said he doesn't like to feel dumb. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I felt like true. I felt like when he when true. that happened, he's like, mm. I just got played. Oh, I just got played, and I don't like this. And then obviously, obviously, you know, Candy brings it back. Django doesn't like being played. He said, silence. And I think you're an abysmal <laughs> winner. Oh, oh I yeah. love that scene. Continue, Dude. continue, Milo. But yes, after Steven tells Candy what's going on, that's when he comes back to the dinner table with the skull of his dad's old slave. And I don't know if you guys... Do you guys know what phrenology is? They kind of mentioned it a lot in the movie. Yeah. I know what uh, autonomy... Uh, no. Uh, De- no, nope. uh, what a demology. No, nope. the skin and all that. No, nope. okay, no, okay. So I don't. apparently, phrenology is a pseudoscience used by racists back in the 1800s. Okay, you can cut it there now. <laughs> you can cut it there. But basically, it, it just, dumb shit. It has to do with the fact that the shape of your head determines like your intelligence. And um, he starts telling, like uh, Django and Doctor King, about Ben his father's old slave who i guess or he was my their slave daddy's daddy and my daddy's daddy. yeah he was there for three generations <laughs> and he asks a really like good question where he's like why did they never kill him so so to put it more into context it was like his dad would cut um so he would cut his dad he would, he would straight shave, shave him he would well, shave what, what his was his slave beard. name though what was ben. His ben. His name was so ben ben would cut canny's dad hair for ears and why didn't he just let his throat there? And yeah, there? that was the question. Yeah, he, he, he pretty much told and, them, and like, then, no, if no, I was it, him, I would have uh, fucking, like, cut it. But, but, but okay, so <laughs> I remember we we all talked about this. Except for, except for Bethel, I'm sorry. You weren't there. When we watched the movie together? Um, The moon? The oh, movie. no, we watched it last week together. Which one? Django. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, and then I said, I said the reason why he didn't do it because like there were conditioned to fear the white man. Oh, there, oh, there, there the were conditioned, there were conditioned to fear them, regardless what they did, and never did it. Even though it was like what, like one in ten? I, I might be wrong on this uh, right, statistic. Kanye. He said one in ten thousand. Yeah, w- that he it, thought were extraordinary. Yeah, and then it's like, but like, I mean, fear is a strong thing. You got to remember that. Yeah, and, and psychological fear that's, too. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. You, that's both, why he didn't do it. Like, I know that was a question you. I felt like you wanted to bring up. My no, I was, was. I was the one that told you guys that. Okay, yeah, I told, okay. I told, so, 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 sorry, I told yeah, you guys. Yeah. I was like, you know, I felt like a lot of the fucking people of color could have overran them, but both of you were like, well, that's psychological terror. You know, yeah, they, you, you they, they had them, them, you get them in the point of like fear us because we're fucking greater than you guys. But it's like, no, you guys are not. All you guys got to do is just fucking do this. But as simple as it sounds for us, how it is nowadays, we don't know how it was back then. You know, not, we're talking about two different perspectives of like, I, I, I look at it as, as, as like, I mean, like, like I remember I had a conversation with one of my friends getting a little bit of, of topic. But like you could say, people who had like the, the like being smart in the eighteen hundred has nothing to compare with a first grader nowadays. Exactly. Like it's like like the first grader is as smart as someone as an adult in the eighteen hundreds. And then the idea the idea was for me it was like when when he said that it was a like they had they had psych- psychological fear 
distilled in them. They were conditioned that if we kill one of us, we'll kill a hundred of you guys. And then that, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people make it seem like, oh, well, you guys could have been like fucking Rambo and fucking destroyed everybody. It's like, dude, like, you gotta understand, like, these people were were terrorized dude they were terrorized fucking dude. tortured and gone through all this bullshit and still have to deal with a bunch of shit where you know in the nowadays or how it is you know but um nevertheless you know this is why i love this movie is that it gives that perspective of django you know coming in and setting down everything to the point where he's gonna have to risk it all like this moment right here and um the best part of the uh, of, of this situation is that you know even though they get bought out you know they get figured out Django has to fucking sacrifice his pistol his fucking wife right in front of him getting about fucking ready to get her fucking skull bashed by this guy you know he 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 fucking lays down his weapon he fucking you know, this is it. You know, I'm going to have to make sure I'm going to have to take care of my girl and make sure that she doesn't get ridiculed by the bird builders again. And he does that. And unfortunately for this, you know, in this situation, we move on to the next scene where Django gets captured. And um, well, we got to get it. We got to talk well, about that not, shootout. Not though. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the shootout. He gets captured again. We're talking. We're t- that's after this is the capture captured. This this is more of like well we, we he gets caught we have this has, confrontation of uh Dr King Schultz and Candy just kind of being petty with each other yeah Candy getting his fucking money and Dr Schultz being super fucking petty of not shaking the man's hand <laughs> for I the mean, final business well uh, well actually before we get into that uh so yeah we have this whole explanation of uh Candy talking about the skull and phrenology. And then he kind of just erupts at Django and King Schultz, just talking about, like, I know what you're going on. And then he, he there's this whole iconic scene where he smashes a glass. He injures his hand. And he actually injures his oh, hand. Oh, yeah, that, that iconic scene, the scene of scenes. And they keep it going, you know, and then they get some fake blood to continue it going. And they, they smear it all over Broomhilda. And then they sell Broomhilda to Django and King Schultz. But then, as you were saying, they both get petty. And then I think, I don't remember if it was they Brian. White cake. <laughs> if it was Brian or Chris, but they said, no, I'm a, oh, I, Calvin says, I think you are a bad loser. And then and King says, says, I think you are an abysmal winner. winner. <laughs> exactly. And then he kind of forces, uh, Candy kind of forces Schultz to do it. And then it, it just leads to this whole crazy thing where it's it's funny because in that part he talks about um who who's the author that they talk about in the book? Alexander Dumas. Alexander Dumas. And you know And I think that's where uh Candy gets belittled because he doesn't know Alexander Dumas is a black the, author. <laughs> exactly. And he named he named one of the slaves after uh, the Three Musketeers, D'Artagnan. That was the that was the main character's name in the Three Musketeers. And it's just kind of a uh, he feels belittled. He's like, oh, what you uh, Schultz says something along the lines of, well, you'd be happy to know that he was black. 
And then that, and he even looks all confused, like when he's eating this cake. He's like, and then that's when he gets butt hurt. I mean, to put it in so many words, and that's when he says like, oh, well, because we're in we're in the south, we're in the south. This deal's done when you like shake all my that, hand. All that signing of the papers, everything else, don't mean shit. First of all, fuck candy. Yeah, that's no, right. No, 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 no. This next scene, no. Fuck candy, dude. This, this scene broke my fucking heart, dude. It's so sad, you know. When they kill candy, Doctor, you get heartbroken? No, no I'm glad Schultz. they kill candy, that motherfucker. <laughs> when they kill fucking doctor. It feels good. Doctor. It feels, it feels, I'm not going to say Yeah, But this is dude. the thing. It pisses me off because it's like I told you when we were to watching the movies, like, okay. They better bury he him. He shoots. No, no, no. Oh, good He shoots. Remember the sheriff? He shoots him two times with that gun. He shoots Candy only one time to the chest and the heart. How come he could have had at any moment to turn around and shoot the guy with a gun? Right. Okay. Um, 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 Two um, words. Um, or Chris, you go first. Plot armor? I was going to say that. Yeah. My idea was <laughs> also it was like when he because like I felt like he got the so Candy got the best of it him. It would have been dope because if he would have killed them, they would have been bounty hunters and then illegal fucking, you know, fucking people that have to I, go about their lives of being as wanted men. I get what you're going for, Chris, though, because it's like Candy got the best of him and then he got the best of Candy in the end. And I don't give a no, fuck. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> he, he shouldn't have died. So so, <laughs> so the, the way I look at it is um, he shot, he shot Candy and then the doctor turned around and he was like, he realized, he, he realized, says, I'm he, sorry. Yeah, he, he, je he jeopardized the whole job. Everything. They would have walked out there and it would have been fine. That, but, but that's the best part because Candy did the most sympathetic thing of not letting this guy live. He felt bad that he has to go through all that shit. You know, you got to understand that one, he's, he doesn't want to fucking let this guy fucking live because he got outsmarted i guess are we talking about dr schwartz dr Sh dr schultz and candy's beef oh, okay you know? okay and um but he also you know couldn't let this guy live because if you were to think about it if he would have still kept on living he probably would have tried to get them back i i okay i i looked at it as i look at it as um what i was trying to say is that like he got the best of him and then he he uh doctor just got upset that like he got outplayed and then like he just wouldn't let it be so he it shot so him too. and he i know i know i brought that up and it was <sighs> he shot him and then he turned around out of sympathy uh, i don't sympathy because like i fucked up i'm sorry i'm sorry and then he got shot that's the way i look at it as in like the minute he pulled the trigger was like that's, that's why he said, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. And then he got shot. He said, shot. fuck that shit. He, I'm, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> then he got shot. And then obviously... He uh, got fucking blown to the fucking library. Yeah. And um, and, and it's and it's it's such a sad thing. And, uh, you know, obviously we're here thinking that Dr. Schultz is going to make it all through alive. You know, and... Um, if it's it's sad, you know, in this situation, but it gives it gives it that 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 mighty push of uh, having to see that um, 
he still he still did it because for Django. You know, he he didn't want this guy to fucking fucking live. He knew that Django was gonna survive on. Um, but little little did did we know he gets he gets captured and uh he uh he uh fucking you know he gets pushed into the barn with Billy Crash. Billy Crash is holding his fucking cack. You know, he's like, look here, pretty boy. So, um, my, my <laughs> issue with the ending is like, um, I think what was it? One of the direct, one of the director who, um, who, uh, for, uh, what was it? It was, um, for what? Uh, Endgame. What? The Cohen brothers? Or... Yeah. I don't know the director name exactly, but like they, they you had said a real game. Yeah. From, uh, uh, Avengers. Avengers. So, um, yeah. oh, Russo's, the Russo, the Russo brothers. brothers. So, yeah, yeah. So, one of the brothers was like, correct. There's there's this thing where, like, some movies they show it feels like an ending, but there's more to after that. Like, you feel like that's the ending. I feel like the very end dragged on. I feel like the very end dragged on, but at the same time, it was like showing everything that Django learned from the doctor. And uh, it was a really good scene. And then we oh, see... Oh, when he's escaping from the Australian mates. You mean QT? QT? And his terrible <laughs> accent. He's a, little, he's a little bit of Dynamite, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, right. the, fact, the fact that... Uh, <laughs> the fact that he, like, turns, he's like... Oh, and then, I, I like... I like... I like... An, like, an hour later. Or hour, and like, and a half later. What a uh, doctor told him, like, Oh, keep your first bounty. It's good luck. And then he used it. He actually used and it. And it's actually his mm-hmm. last luck, dude. Like, yeah. It's dope because, like, you know, even as we're rushing into the scene, you know, but this is, like, the best scene, you know. We, we get to see the part of um, of Django coming in and making sure that, of course, I have to use every fucking trump card in this moment to try to fucking do what I got to do. You know, he gets caught. He's about to get his dick chopped off. Billy Crash, fuck that guy, suck my dick. He walks out because he ends up getting told that he wasn't going to chop his nuts off. <laughs> <laughs> but now, after that, you know, we're running into the point where... We're getting into the last Jang- scene right now. Yeah, you know, where he confronts Steven. Oh, fuck Steve. He oh, my God. blows him him. up. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't, okay. Before we get a little bit into that, I like the whole shootout scene it's just it's just so good wait, fucking, like, she's billy crash and then what did he say wait wait, wait 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 remember when he shoots candy's billy sister crash. remember when he shoots candy's sister from the you. side you were hoping tell miss laura goodbye huh tell miss cora goodbye bye miss laura boom dude and i hate fly, that part and then she flies sideways the she, she flies sideways flies, <laughs> i was like dog she got shot by a fucking uh, trench cat. gun and then, we, and then we got Django no shooting our boy, uh, Billy Crash. Shoots him. He's a good actor, by the way. Just want to put uh, that there. Walton Goggins comes out in Sons of Anarchy. And he also comes in in uh, Hateful Eight. Eight. And Hateful I, Eight. Dude, that, that, that should be a pretty good movie. Watch it. That's uh, the next movie we're watching. You can skip it. Uh, no, you can skip that one. But um, <laughs> we, we, we have... Uh, no. We have Walton Goggins' character telling Django, Did Django, you black son of a bitch. And then Django tells him, the D is silent, hillbilly. <laughs> but um, overall, like, I mean, then he blows up. Sorry, before we go, we go there. He blows up Steven. It was so satisfying. Django, 
you uppity son of a boom um one thing that bothered me in the movie that i felt like they should have gone back for the doctor and give him a proper graveyard graveyard i feel grave. like he but, told but him that's the thing he, i feel like he probably did because again his body's still aside from where the, it's all the, speculation the, i know yeah, yeah it, it just hurts i'm just talking out of emotion right now you know i feel My like that's something like of a director's everything. like as a director's cut would have been nice for them to fill in at the ending of the movie for them like being like like you know it, it, it's still it's still heartwarming where he gives a kiss to his hand and, you know, he tells them, I'll feed us in. I'll feed us in, you know. Which and, just means goodbye in German. And, and and it sucks, you know, like, that. it's... This guy gave... gave Like, if you got to think about this this way, he gave the reason of Django to fucking move forward and live on. And, um... Which is beautiful. Which is beautiful. And yeah. if you've lasted this long with us on this episode... You could probably handle watching the movie because the movie's two hours <laughs> and forty-five minutes. It doesn't feel like two hours, but it's the best two hours that you're gonna get of watching this movie. It's a very uh, contentful work of art. So, but, uh, I have a question for every one of you guys. Yes, Milo, coming you first. What do you think about the movie before? Be when I told you, what was your initial thought, and when you watched it? Okay, so before we decided to watch this movie, I watched it on my own, like probably no, weeks no, before. before that. Before no, no, that. I'm saying like, um, I felt that it was a movie that was very accessible to me because it was on Netflix, but uh, by the way, it was really long. Know, by, by, hold up, sorry. By the way, if you guys are watching this episode, the time, the time of release, you have until July 23rd to fucking watch this movie 11 for days. free <laughs> in fucking Netflix. If you haven't fucking watched it. I'm gonna be really fucking pissed. Pissed. All right. So go do yourself a favor and watch that fucking movie. Brian's absolutely right, by the way. AKA Tiny. And he plays, yeah. plays at a show in Long Beach. Come by. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I watched it, the only issue I had with it is because usually when I watch movies, I watch them at work. So it did take me two days to watch the movie because of customers in between. But I generally enjoyed it. But um, who do you, who else do you want to ask, Chris? Um, Brian, you're up next. Well, so you, did you see it before I talked about it, or have? Or? Oh, dude, I've watched this movie like I'm probably not gonna lie to you, like probably like thirty times. Oh, yeah. that's a fucking God. lie. But continue. <laughs> I, I don't believe that he's seen it thirty times. No, I believe I'm, that I'm he's serious. Seen it a lot. Like I've watched Hold this on. movie a lot of times, times, bro. Like it's like not even a cap, you know. Oh, no, you guys can continue. I'm just we're adding, like I'm looking at you, <laughs> trying to tell us something. <laughs> but right. um, you, that means you watched the movie like uh, like 206 days worth. You know how like you know how like you gotta lie. watch something or have something on while you're like gonna go to sleep. I'm that person, but I'm that person that will like if I'm gonna eat and like I want to see something also. Like I'll watch like I've watched Jurassic Park countless times. I watched Jurassic Park. That oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> um i've watched i've watched countless movies that i like and i feel like they're in my books where it's like i could watch it without not being in, not interested in it and it's one of those movies but i watched it like more than 30 times for sure okay so you have a consensus before us and then yeah. beto what was your thought before you seen the movie or 
So did you, did, wait, did you watch the movie because I brought it up or did you watch the movie beforehand? I have seen the movie before and I have to be honest. I don't think it was one of the best Quentin Tarantino movies. I hate that. That is the biggest fucking cat. However, life, right? however, the more I talk about it with you guys right now and the more I realize what I think the movie is trying to say, the more I like it. And I think I have a slightly better opinion in this movie now that I had before I talked to you about it, to you guys about it. Okay, okay. And then my, my consensus of the movie was like, um, and like I said from the start, this was the movie that brought me into the QT universe. Um, I appreciate the art. I appreciate the actor, the, the motion that it brought in, the motion that it evoked. And the, um, just overall, it was such a good movie, you know? Exactly. Really good movie. And as we wrap it up, because Beto is our new permanent member, as we have learned. Let's fucking go. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about <laughs> Beto's choice of movie, which might be straying away from the QT universe. But can you go ahead and tell us what movie we're gonna talk about next, Beto? All right. This is a movie I can literally. And that concludes today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, By like, the way, the movie he's gonna talk about is really good. I, I liked can, it a lot. I can literally not shut up about it. I have been talking about it. He's for talked about this for like months. two weeks. <laughs> Three months, bro. Dude. Oh, three months. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. There's a Brian, there's a Beto like before he watched that movie. You like and it, there's a Beto <laughs> after the bet- he watched We're gonna movie. get into the Beto verse. Yeah. Right now. It's so good. Not, not the MCU. Not not the not the QT verse. <laughs> it's not canon. Not the DC verse. The Beto verse. Right, the most opponent verse. <laughs> well, this was buzz, candid, and critical. Tune to the next week. We'll be talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. See you guys soon. Bye-bye. Jinko. God damn, you fucking hurt my ears. Been alone. Jinko. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. Take care, guys. Appreciate you hearing this. Hasta la vista, baby. Three-hour episode. But it's also one of those episodes that you're going to want to, li- of course, listen to. Um, again, appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful day. Share us in our Instagram. And also share us on your Instagram stories. Again, this is Buzz Candid and Critical. This is Brian signing out. Peace.